0: One of the cyborgs I was speaking to was telling me that how uh, living a more relaxed life, being able to control stress actually led to much better glucose controls. And uh, in another scenario, uh, somebody mentioned that just by regulating their light environment which is by getting the right type of light at the right point in time which is basically you can say uh, a little bit of sunlight in the in the morning and uh, the right spectrum and then um, basically avoiding blue light in late evening uh, actually led to improvement in the glucose control and uh, effectively glucose variability so that's really interesting because when we think about glucose we always think about food we think that Oh, food has glucose and if I control food, everything is sorted. But it seems way more complicated than or actually way more diverse than just being able to look at your food. So we already know that polluted air, soil, water, unhealthy diet, stress, lack of physical activity, vitamin D deficiency, all of these things also affect, in fact, your immune system also affects how metabolically healthy you are and that's because when you think about metabolism which is sort of like your you can say the, the energy generation engine of your body the body essentially figures out where to dedicate more energy to and how to dedicate it right when you see your environment changing your body's metabolic response also changes. So why is this important and why studying this is important is because the environment that we live in is not the same as what our evolutionary journey would have seen. We are probably at the time where most of the things around us are extremely different compared to our evolutionary scenarios. Our food environment is different, our sleep environment is different, our stress environment is different. and uh, you can say the su- supply chain of our food is different. So all of these things, given that each of these things play a huge role in regulating and managing the metabolic system, these systems also affect how we need to optimize the state of our metabolic system. So one primary example is the amount of uh, light we get. And uh, the amount of light we get and the type of light we get actually regulates our uh, circadian rhythm and uh, that actually regulates how much or uh, what quality of sleep do we get. Quality of sleep actually affects what your glucose response or how insulin sensitive you are. So insulin sensitivity related to sleep, related to circadian rhythm, related to light. Uh, That's how sensitive we are as human beings. And given that, that our light environment has changed, we are getting way more blue light than maybe somebody even like 10 years back or maybe 20 years back. Given our screen time and given the amount of gadgets lying all around us, You can imagine the amount of downstream effects that uh, the light environment would have had on the metabolic system and everything else as well. So this is one of the factors of many factors, but there's much, much, much more. So let's get started. Uh, So Shiva, so there is a Paleolithic reason why we are here, right? How we are here essentially, right? Uh, But then there would be environmental factors that would have also evolved uh, not in our favor, uh, apart from human movement. So what could some of those environmental factors be? Like, for example, the simplest one to understand for me is, for example, stress. The amount of stress uh, that we have all around of the different type, not the, the fight or flight one, but basically you know, the physical uh, danger of an animal. But uh, basically the, the the mental stress is significantly higher. But are there other factors like light and food supply chain ecosystem, like, like? would would uh, like what would some of those factors be? I think you, you know you're right, it's all of that put together really
1: let's look at the just light itself, right We followed a circadian rhythm circa means you know during the day all our cells, each cell has got a clock to be in sync with the sun or, or to or to be in sync with your day and night now obviously you know that's your blue light thing that happens today everybody's on the computer in the evening watching TV, whatever it is right. We know for a fact that blue light reduces, you know, melatonin, which is something that helps you trigger sleep. Now, it's not something that's going to keep you put you to sleep. It's something that triggers sleep. Now, if you don't have melatonin, all the other housekeeping things that have to happen in your body is now delayed. That's, that's very interesting. Like, triggers and puts you
0: to sleep. What's the major difference? Like
1: Melatonin actually is not something that's going to keep you asleep, right? If you look at Matthew Walker's recent research and his book, and this guy is one of the best sleep guys around today. What he's saying is melatonin is a key that helps you trigger. Like, you know, you have a lot of adenosine in your brain, right? And these are all sleep pressure things. And this is... The point is, is to start the sleep. or It's the, it's, it's the match. <laughs> it's not the fire. It's also called the master switch. That's it. It's just a switch, right? So you want to think about it as a switch, not think about it as, as, um, as something that's going to keep you to sleep. Because, you know, with the, the modern day, the nutraceuticals, the marketing... It may come across as if, you know, as as something that's going to keep you asleep. As a supplement, yes, it is. That's how
0: it's portrayed today. Yeah.
1: So you've just got to be careful with those things, right? And you're saying like, look, I'm not making it naturally, but I can buy it off the shelf. It doesn't quite work like that, sure. You know, that's your backup when you have jet lag and stuff like that. It's a great tool to use, right? Right. Wow. But I mean,
0: it's like, it's the way uh, uh, it is now being marketed globally. It almost feels like it's a sleeping pill right uh, it's it's not really being portrayed like a hormone or uh, that there could be like downstream effects of under managing it over managing it yeah that that's that seems really interesting like being a switch versus actually being something that actually puts you to sleep
1: no because i think that uh, we often mix the clinical aspects of sleep pills with melatonin saying there's natural you know there are so many things because the human brain makes connections the way it wants to you know there's this amazing thing i think it's called uh, uh, it's called the psychological law of reactants. <laughs> I think this is the one. And uh, basically what you say is what you believe. So if you believe that's true, that, that's that's pretty much how it goes, right? And, and this is the human condition. I don't think it's good or bad. It helped us in some ways. It doesn't help us in other ways, right? So the same thing. If you say it long enough, you're going to believe it. And if that works for you, maybe it's a placebo, you know? It doesn't really matter. It's a tool. Now, again, melatonin is going to work differently for different people. For some people, it's going to make them sluggish. For some people, it's going to make them get up at night. And this is what I meant by the observer. It's not to have any judgment on it. It's to say it's a tool. How do you use it? When do you use it? And how do you get rid of it? Because a tool is just a tool. At some point, you want to get rid of the tool. If you need a band-aid, you're going through something, use it. How can we create... we We are designed to create our own melatonin. The question we should ask is, why aren't we? Is it because, let's go back. Is it because of the blue light? Is it because of coffee? Is it uh, because of some other clinical drugs that we're taking? And then when you begin to look at it from that perspective, suddenly you know, there is a different way we, you can approach it, right? And same way, in the morning you need cortisol that's going to wake you up. Because that's, that's the other spike that you have in the morning that wakes you up, right? So there's always a continuum. Well, the best way to look at it is like there's a huge bell curve, right? And everything, you can fall on either side
0: of it and it's not so great. It's getting that sweet spot that's so difficult for, for all of us. So you mentioned like, you mentioned that light is a critical element um, because it triggers melatonin in cells, essentially, right? So how does that really affect the health of an individual or specifically metabolic health, let's say, in that uh, case? It's,
1: it's perfect, right? Because let's look at it. If you don't sleep enough and you don't get... You know, sleep is broken down into non-REM and REM sleep. Now, if you're not going to get sleep earlier in the evening and it's going to be delaying it, you're going to lose this NREM sleep and any REM sleep is going to cause lots of other issues in your system, like uh, especially with learning and your short-term memory going into your long-term memory. So that's uh, I know it affects your hippocampus, and you know before it it's it's translated into you know the prefrontal cortex where the memory is is consolidated, right? So you're talking about like whatever you learned during the day, you've lost it because you haven't got the sleep in the evening. The other thing that could also happen is your REM sleep, right? And this is earlier in the morning. So the later you sleep, but most people are waking up with alarm clocks today, you're not naturally waking up with the sun. Now if you think about that, then you're missing some sleep out in the morning, right? And by the way, this is all from uh, Matthew Walker because this guy has done some amazing work and he's put a lot of information on on sleep, right? And uh, it's fantastic, all this information is available, but this is the problem, isn't it? I mean, how does everybody access this information? Uh, it, It becomes difficult. So, that's what, I mean, when we're having this conversation, it's easy because, like, we do this for all, all our clients, whoever comes in. The idea is to be able to walk them through this without them knowing about it, right? You're just guiding them, saying, like, look, this is better, this is worse. Who has the time to go through all these iterations and see what you're damaging? Yeah. So, let me go back to that because if your brain is affected by lack of sleep, your emotion, like, especially the amygdala, you're not, you're not in control anymore. You, you lose your ability to inhibit, Now, here's what's really interesting about food. Let's go to metabolic health and then let's get into the next iteration of it. If you have a lack of sleep because you're sleeping less hours, less than six hours a day, right? The amount of glucose that you can absorb the next day is half. The rest of it is going to go to fat. Do you know that? Because your muscles become almost insulin resistant the next day. Your physical activity levels come down by 30%. So, you're saying like say you lift, uh, you know, 70 kilos and this is your bench press. Trust me, the next day you're doing 30% less because you haven't slept properly. It's a compounding effect, right? Now, you keep going down that, you know, you're getting further and further into a lack of control and lack of performance. So, this becomes really interesting because you asked about metabolic health. Now, your glucose level is
0: going to go up. It's a stress response. So, something as simple as light and the amount of light we get affects sleep and sleep affects performance. Uh, as well as basically glucose disposition in the body. And that has a ton of downstream effects, basically, which is in this realm of metabolic health.
1: I remember there were some papers that they got these guys to be sleep deprived for a week and they just got insulin resistant. And they were on paper, you could see that they were pre-diabetic. That's it. It just takes a week. So my point is, imagine all those sleepless nights that people are doing, right? And a continuum of that and then not able to switch back, and then there you go. But you see, this is just one aspect of it. The problem with these things is that when you just talk about this, it looks like, wow, I mean, we're getting diabetes because we don't sleep. It's not true. It's because this is one small element or contributor. Because there are people with different kinds of genetics. And, you know, one of the things on sleep research is they found that there are different kinds of people with different circadian rhythms, right? This comes from our tribal psychology, maybe, right? Where you had guys who would get up early in the morning, sleep late at night, All those things. But look, our society is not geared for that. Say you're a late sleeper in the morning. Okay, let's just say that, you know, your design process is that you like to work later in the evening and sleep in the morning. Most of your REM sleep is going to happen in the morning. But you have to get up with the rest of the world because you have to go to office at 8.30 or 9. That means you're going to be ruining your REM sleep, right? no matter what, because the world is not designed for you. But unfortunately, you're not designed like that. You're not designed to fit into a paradigm. And this is the benefits of genetics and precision medicine, which gives you some clues to unravel this, right, on how you can make it better. So there are companies in the world today that will actually change working times for different people because it's about the work that gets done. It's not about, you know, uh, efficiency. And also, if you look at the number of sick days that you have because of a lack of sleep, there will be other compounding effects. But these become very interesting because I don't think that we're we're not taking anything in terms of uh, variability or genetic variability or these things, right? So, yeah, even if you correct your sleep, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to fall in. And that's the complexity, isn't it, Mohit? I mean, because you're now getting into like a micro level of each person and saying, you know, what works for you, right? And this is what we have the capability of doing today. But we're still viewing everything from a huge mass perspective, where we we're still sort of generalizing it, so there is, a, I suppose, there is a a small um, offset in terms of you know what what is good for a whole society may not work for every individual.
0: I think that's also fair because like eighty percent itself, I mean we're, we're still solving the eighty yeah. percent, which is like like sleeping at the same time every day or getting eight hours in or yeah. maybe more, right? Uh, for performance and recovery. And uh, also, basically, having more awareness of sleep, being a performance enhancer. We're still in the... I would say that you have definitely evolved, but still treat lack of sleep sometimes as a marker of uh, status and sometimes a marker of performance as well, which is, like, very weird. Um, uh, And maybe just 10 years back, I mean, not specifically targeting those 5am clubs, but, I mean, for for people uh, who, who view sleep as something that is keeping you lazy versus sleep as a performance aid, this is a whole world of a difference. But yeah, this sleep is both complex and simple at the same time. Like It's the simplest human activities that you can do, human things that you can do, and one of the most complex ones to regulate as well. I hope that with this discussion, you gain an insight into how important your environment is and how much it affects your metabolic system and your metabolic health. If taken care of, it can become one of the most effortless and one of the most passive ways to improve your overall health and not just metabolic health. But if not taken care of, it could make everything else harder. Let us know of an incident where a change in environment caused a change in your glucose patterns and your metabolic health by tagging UltraHumanHQ on Twitter and Instagram. We are eager to hear from you. Also, don't forget to share this podcast with your friends and family. Keep at your metabolic health journey. See you soon.